0: Welcome to the Color in Chaos podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. No matter where you are partaking, whether you are watching or listening today, whether you are watching on YouTube or Facebook, or you're listening on Spotify, iHeart, Apple, Google, or wherever else you're getting your podcast. thank you so much for taking time to be here today. My heart in this podcast is just a cry out that no matter the chaos that you are going through, the hardships, the difficulty, the pain, no matter what you are going through, or what you have been through, or what we do go through, that there is a color to be found in that chaos when instead of trying to go through our own wisdom, our own strength, our own ability— We lean into our creator, savior, and sustainer, knowing that he and he alone can bring a color out of chaos and grow us so much more than we can ever fathom. And our creator has a name, and he is actively in pursuit after your heart. And so before we jump into today's episode, I just want to have a time with you right now. We can pray together. And so here, let's pray, and we'll jump into today's episode. All right. Lord God, just thank you so much for this opportunity to be here today. Lord, I thank you for the person that is listening or watching this episode right now. No matter what has brought them here, whether they stumbled upon it by accident or they were referred to this by a friend, Lord, you know them inside out. You know exactly what's going on in their heart and their mind. Lord, you know the chaoses that are raging within or raging around them. Lord, you know exactly what today holds, what tomorrow holds, what our life holds. And Lord, we want to seek after you. So soften our hearts so that we can respond to you. Lord, I pray for those that maybe know about you, but never have responded to you. So Jesus, just please have your will and way in my life and in my heart uh, today, right now as I'm speaking, and also in the person that is listening. Lord, just have your way and your will in their life as well. Lord, unite us, not around any banner or label, but around you, the living Savior, the only one that came, lived, died, and rose again. You defeated death so that we can live in you. So, Lord, teach us what it means to be one, and teach us what it means to have a life surrendered to you. We need you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. Every week I'm able to do a Bible study with other people around my age and in the community where I'm at. This last week, we were just talking about the Lord being present in suffering. And as we're talking, I'm looking at one of the guys in the Bible study. He's a missionary to Japan. And so because of COVID, he was kind of sent back to the States. And he's just kind of awaiting the opportunity to go back to Japan because that's where he feels like the Lord has called him to go and to preach good news about Jesus I was sitting there and it just kind of clicked like we are in this together I was thinking about the whole idea of what is the church I think every single time that word is spoken there's some emotion or thought or memory that kind of comes up in each person's head you know it's kind of a word that's kind of loaded now but as I was just thinking about okay what is the biblical church As I was sitting there across the room from a missionary to Japan and just hearing his burden and hearing what the Lord's doing within him, I'm reminded of what the scripture talks about, what the church really is. And we'll talk about some of those passages here together on this episode. But as I'm reading and thinking about those passages, it just hits me like we are in this together. Like we are one. Like if I do something against a follower of Christ. I'm doing it against myself. Why? Because I'm no longer my own, but I have been crafted into the family of God. And it just blew my mind of just thinking, okay, God, like we are in this together in a world, in a time so divided. What is your heart? And through the word, we know that his heart is to unify, unify his children. So many of us sometimes can forget what the church really is. So regardless if you're a follower of Christ or not a follower of Christ, this episode's for you. It's for us. We need to remind ourselves often of the father's heart to unite all under him, not under a, a denomination, not under anything else, but under Jesus. And if there's anything else that we rally around, there is no way that we can truly be united. So, okay what is the church what is the church well for one the church is not a building the church is followers of jesus men women of all ages creeds nationalities backgrounds baggage everything it is people it is humans who have come to jesus not on their own terms but on his terms has come to their creator, savior, sustainer, has reached the end of themselves. They came to a point where they said, look, Lord, I am not God, but you are, and my life is yours. Do with me, use me for whatever your plan and purpose is. And the only way I can know your plan and purpose is by knowing your word. A creator will make himself known. So I'm looking to you as my creator, savior. I know Jesus, you came, you made a way where there was no way and sustainer that your spirit will lead me and sustain me through every type of heartache, through every type of hardship, through every type of circumstance. Why? Because I am yours. I have been adopted into your family. The church is not a building, it's not a creed, it's not a religion. It is the followers of Jesus that rally around Jesus himself. Now through it all, as people, we are broken. We are broken. Even after we come to Jesus, the Lord is still renewing us day by day by day. We are not perfect. Never will we ever be perfect until we are standing before the Lord, complete and perfected through the Holy Spirit of God working within us. But until then, we will mess up. We will make mistakes. But the church, the, the true followers of Christ, have a heart of repentance, of humility. And when they make a mistake... There's not this pride or arrogance. And if there is, then there is is a repentant heart. We are following not after anything else, but Jesus, the humble servant who gave his life, that while we were still sinners, he died for us. That is who we follow. We follow Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, we become more like him. And we can't become more like him unless we have the spirit of God within us. And the only way we receive the spirit of God is through surrender to Jesus. So the church is not a building, it's people. But what else does the Bible say? So let's read this, Ephesians 3, starting in verse 4. As you read what I've written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. I'm going to skip down to verse 10, and he says this. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in a rich variety of ...to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Verse 12. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. When I think of all this... I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. infinitely more than what we may ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever, amen. Continuing from verse 21, Ephesians chapter four, verse one, therefore, I, prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, making an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Verse 7, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who also ascended higher than all the heavens so that he may fill the entire universe with himself. Verse 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to his church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ right here. So Christ gives gifts to his people who have surrendered their lives to him. And the purpose of any gift that God gives is to equip his people in order to, for one, know him, but also to be his hands, to be his feet, to be his mouth, and to build up the church. And what is the church right here in verse 11? The church is the body of Christ. We, you and I, we are part of of his body his church when we ask jesus to be lord of our life then we become one with him now this is a mystery it's so hard to wrap our heads around ephesians 4 verse 13 it continues on this whole idea this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of god's son that we will be mature in the lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. As the Holy Spirit works within us, he is making us more into the image of Christ. And that happens day by day by day. And Paul is saying, as we come into the body of Christ, into the church, again, church is not a building. Church is the complete unity of brothers and sisters in Jesus. And then it goes on to say this in verse 14. Then, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church he makes the whole body fit together perfectly again we're talking about that unity fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love each and every one of us cry out we long for love but this is what the bible says what love is so 1 corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 paul says this love is patient Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Verse 8, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease, where there are tongues, they will be stilled, where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, again, that's the desire of the heart of our God. When completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away the childhood ways behind me. For now we see only as a reflection, as in a mirror, but one day we will be able to see face to face. Now I know in part Then I shall know fully as I am fully known. And now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. We know what love is by knowing Jesus. We see a picture of love in the whole example of marriage. But there's a specific passage in Ephesians chapter 5, specifically verse 25, where Paul is talking to husbands and how they should interact with their wives. This is what he says in Ephesians 6 verse 25. He says this, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. (laughs) So God's desire is for us to love one another as he has has loved us to the point that we would be willing to give our lives for another. And he goes on to say this, that Jesus, he gave his life up for us and make her holy and clean, washing by the cleansing of God's word. Verse 27, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to be with his wife. And the two are united, that word again, united into one. He goes on to say this in verse 32. This is a great mystery. But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. But going even deeper into this whole idea of what is the church? What is the church and what does that mean for you and me? I think about the passage of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Again, Paul writing to the Corinthians and the local believers in the Corinthian Area. And this is what he says in First Corinthians 12, verse 12. He says this just as a body, though one, has many parts, and all of these parts, though, they form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit. Again, remember I said when we come to Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. When we when we strap into that harness to go down that zip line of faith, and we take our feet off the ground, saying, Lord, I don't have it all together, but Lord, I know that you do. Jesus, I'm going to follow after you. We surrender to faith. We receive the Holy Spirit within us. We have one spirit to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We were all given one spirit to obtain. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Verse 15. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body verse 16 and if the ear should say because i'm not an eye i do not belong to the body it would not for that reason stop being part of the body verse 17 if the whole body was an eye where would the sense of hearing be if the whole body was an ear where would the sense of smell be but in fact god has placed the parts in the body every one of them just as he wanted them to be if they were all one part where would the body be While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there will be no division in the body. Again, unity, no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping, guidance, and different kinds of tongues. Paul's saying here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that even though there's differences between each and every one of us through Christ, that we can use whatever giftings he's given us in order for us to be able to point others to him. In John chapter 17, we see Jesus right before he's about to go to the cross to be given as an atonement for your sin and for my sin. And Jesus, he's in the garden and he prays this. This is so important. This is so important. This is what he says in John 17 verse 15, he says this, I am not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. He's praying for his church. He's praying for you and me Us that respond to him. that They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself so that they too may be sanctified by the truth. Verse 20, this is what he says. I am not asking on behalf of them alone, but also on behalf of those that will believe in me through their message. That is you and me. That all of them may be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. So Jesus here in verse 21, he says, Father, make them one as we are one so that the world may believe. The world will be able to see Jesus when they see a unity between people that are so different but united around one thing and one thing only, and that is Jesus That there is a love, there is a grace, there is a humility, there is a servanthood, there is a truth, there is a purity that could be found between people so different, but united around Jesus, that gives credibility to who he is. He prays in the garden right here, Father, make them one as we are one so that the world may believe. There will be a day where we are one, that we are one. Now, each and every one of us has an opportunity to respond to him or deny him, and so that's on you. I can't make that decision for you, but for those that say, Jesus, I am yours, I'm responding to you, I know that you say that you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, and so I'm responding to you. Those that have asked Jesus to be Lord of their life, they are wrapped and, and morphed into the body of Christ, and one day, we will be wed with him. Just like there's earthly marriage, it's all pointing towards the marriage that is to come that we can't even fathom. We see a glimpse of this in Revelations chapter 19. After this, I heard it what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, praise the Lord, salvation and glory and power belongs to our God. In verse 6 we are reminded again of this vast crowd in heaven and this is what it says Then I heard again what sounded like a shout of a vast crowd or the roar of a mighty ocean waves or the crash of loud thunder that said this Praise the Lord for the Lord our God the almighty reigns let us be glad and rejoice let us give honor to him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the lamb the lamb being Jesus and his bride has prepared herself so what he's saying here that there will be a marriage there will be a unity between the lamb Jesus and his bride the church that has been prepared that has been purified through the different things that we go through the Lord is more after our hearts than he is our comfort as we are purified through him we one day will be united with him in eternity she has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. Verse nine, and the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the lamb. We know that we are invited to the wedding feast. We are invited to this glorious union between us and our creator, savior, and sustainer. We are invited through Jesus. When we accept Jesus, we accept the invitation to be a part of him. And then it said this, these are true words that come from God. Verse 10, then I, John, fell down at his feet to worship him. But he, the angel said, no, don't worship me. I'm just a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God for the essence of prophecies to give a clear witness for Jesus. We are all walking and trying to make it through this life. We're all little kids trying to figure this out, and we are all in desperate need of our creator, savior, sustainer, the way, the truth, and life, and that person is Jesus. Heavy heart, no matter what has brought you here today, no matter where you're at, don't be overwhelmed. Jesus has overcome anything that can overcome you and me. And he gives us an invitation to respond to him. So whether you know him and you are a follower of Jesus or maybe today for the first time, this is all clicking and you're saying, I know that there's a bigger plan and purpose for my life that goes far beyond anything that this world can offer. And I want to be, I want to be united with Christ. I want to be united within his body. I want to know him and I want to respond to him. That's you. All it takes is a heart that cries out. That's all it takes. Cries out, says, Jesus, we have a God who loves us so much that he gave himself, he sent his son, Jesus, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's time for us to start putting away our pitchforks and start to open our hands to a holy God. Open our hands to Jesus. Say, you know what, Lord, I want to know you. I want to respond to you, and I want to love others as you have loved me. I would be honored to pray for you no matter where today finds you. Again, heavy heart, we are in this together. We are in this together. Here, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that in a world of so many divisions, we can respond to you. We can rally around you. I think about when I was a kid and playing games where there was a a safe spot. There was a spot that we can run to. And at the end of the game, no matter where everybody was hidden, we would all gather around this one spot. And we knew no matter where we were, no matter how far away we were from one another, that we would rally around that spot. And Lord, we don't rally around a spot. We don't rally around a title. We don't rally around a position. We don't rally around a label. Lord, we rally around you. Jesus, you love us. You care for us. You have a plan and purpose that goes far beyond anything this world can offer. You take ownership over us. I think about Psalms 139. Lord, you are intimately involved in our lives. You care about us, but you care more about our hearts than you care about our comfort. Lord, this world is dying, dying and broken. Lord, thank you that we can rally around you. Help us be your hands. Help us be your feet. Help us respond to you. Jesus, I pray for those that claim to know you but are not walking you out. I pray for those that are listening or watching this podcast right now that have been hurt by those who have claimed you and that hurt has prevented them from experiencing you. (laughs) Lord, please overwhelm and overcome whatever that has overwhelmed and overcame them. God, break through our hearts, soften our hearts, hearts, help us respond to you. You care for us. You care for us. Thank you, Lord that you do not give up on us, but each and every day you are purifying us. You are purifying us as your bride. Help unite us around one another. But more importantly, Lord, we cannot be united around one another unless we are united around you. So Lord, help us have eyes of a child looking to one another and looking to you with that heart and that faith that is necessary in order for us to respond. We need you, Jesus, and we thank you. It's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. Heavy heart, no matter where today finds you, I pray that there is something in this podcast that has met you in a real and relevant way. You are not alone. This is the time more than ever that we rally around the person of Jesus. So I pray that you have an amazing day, that you would just know how loved and how special you are. (laughs) That when God sent his son. He sent his son for you. If you were the only person, if you were the only person that responded to him, it would still be worth it to our God. So heavy heart, I pray that you have a great day and know that you are loved. You are not alone. Heavy heart, rest easy. I'll talk to you later. Lord willing. See you.